You've now locked into Living Blessed, the podcast, where we're talking the highs, the lows, the darkest moments that we've all hidden from the world, and everything in between. This is the moment of truth. This is why we're living blessed. And now, your host, Jovan J. Palmer. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Living Blessed, the podcast. I'm your host, Jovan J. Palmer, and I got, like I said, everybody who comes on the podcast, they have special individuals. I got a special brother right here, Mr. Jamel Jackson. What's up, brother? What's good, man? How you doing, man? Good, man. How you feeling? I'm feeling good, man. Real talk, man. Good, you good. know, a lot of people just be saying they're doing I'm feeling good. I'm blessed, man. I'm really am. Good, man. Thank you, man. I put on some um, jojoba oil this morning. Jojoba? <laughs> <laughs> Word up, man. Some jojoba oil. You a couple years now? Couple years. Couple years, man. Ever since I've couple known years. you, ring, you've always had an upbeat spirit. Yeah. And that's what I love about you, man. Is that your spirit is always upbeat, man. Even from seeing you work to just being just yourself on a normal basis, it's mm-hmm. just your spirit never changes. You know, some people's spirit kind of waver a little bit. They kind of go up and down depending upon the season and what's going on. But I think I've never seen you to a point where you've been like down. But mm-hmm. I'm sure you've had your moments, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Had a lot of downtime. Yeah, man, so let's tell the people about yourself and who you are, where you're from, all that good stuff, and uh, let's jump into it. Uh, I am from Hempstead, Long Island, New York. I'm Jamel Jackson, the relationship mechanic. Relationship I focus mechanic. on preparing, evaluating, and giving you the tools you need to maintain healthy relationships. Preparing, evaluating, giving you the tools you need to maintain healthy relationships. Yeah, like I said, from Hempstead, Long Island, New York. I moved to Georgia in 2014 connected with my uh, dear friend, my brother, David Shans, and the rest is history, man. All right, wait, wait. We're going to get in the depth of everything else, but you oh, know what for sure. I mean? Sure. I, I didn't want to give no it. long bio. I mean, you could have, nah, 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 nah. <laughs> <laughs> but so what's one of the things that people would say about you? Like, so I've said the things I've said about you, man. What do, what do people say about you? Like, you know, when they interact with a Jamel Jackson, what do they say about you? That they are valued. Yeah, I value people, man. I believe that valuable people attract people of value. That's, you your, know? that's your motto, right? That's my motto. I believe everything that I, like, I have everything that I need. So God has given me all, everything that I need in terms of basic necessities of life. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I could, I could breathe. You know what I mean? I got a roof over my head. I have food that I can eat. Everything else is just an, an, an addition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I approach every relationship with what can I give, not what can I get. Gotcha. You know? So what do you say to the people who approach relationships out of what they can get from them? I call it a ghetto mentality. It's in my book. I call it a ghetto mentality and not G-H-E-T-T-O, but G-E-T-T-T-G-E-T-T-O. Because they put, what can I get? What can I get? What can I get? Mm. And the minute I can't get nothing from you, then I'm going to slowly weasel my way out of your life. I always say when two people approach a relationship with what can they give, then lack cease to exist. Mm. Okay. So I would say don't approach it like that. And I mean, it's easier said than done to say don't approach it like that. But we really got to be in a grateful position and be in a given position. You know, first of all, knowing who you are and whose you are. If you don't understand that, then you'll always be in this poverty per se mindset trying to get, 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 get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's get into that knowing who you are. So a lot of people, I don't think a lot of people know who they are because you think if you look at relationships nowadays, they don't value themselves before they get into the relationship. I think a lot of people kind of, like we were, you were talking about earlier, they go against their non-negotiables just to be in a relationship. And you are the relationship mechanic, the expert, I've listened to you, I've listened to your podcast, and you've hit on some heavy stuff. Mm-hmm. We were at the kiosk one day, and you were talking about, you were talking about sex. Yeah. And you were saying, you know, I don't know the details, I can't remember the details, but it, just, it stuck with me from the day you talked about it, when we were talking, saying, you know, 
why would a man give of himself if he's not willing to pretty much put a ring on that lady's finger? Yeah. And that was heavy, and I was like, dang, I never really thought about that. Yeah. And I've, you know, given of myself to plenty of women, and, you know, when you said that, I'm like, dang, I've been really been out here just dogging out women, you know, since I, that's how I felt. I felt like I was like, out here just dogging women out if I didn't want to. If I, that wasn't my intention, what was the purpose behind it? Mm-hmm. And let's elaborate on that, man. I think that was, a, that was a heavy topic that you had talked about to me with me, and um, I definitely want people to hear that. I want to say this out the back, like my disclaimer is that if anybody is out there, you know, engaging in sex, I'm not knocking it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, do sure. what you're doing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think we just should not build it on that. Gotcha. Okay. You know, I don't think that should be the main, that should not be the foundation of the relationship. And sometimes people build their relationships on that. Right, right. And I do have some strong values that I believe just personally, if, if, if a man, you know, I'm not, if a man's willing to walk you in the bedroom, he should be willing to walk you down the aisle. You know, yeah, yeah. I just believe that, you know, like for those who desire marriage, because everybody doesn't. For sure. Some for people sure. just desire, and if, if some people just desire long term relationships. Mm-hmm. But I believe even in that scenario, if, if they if you go to that extent, you should be willing to take that woman to that to that to that extent. You know, what yeah, I mean, you yeah, should be yeah. able to have that long term relationship with her. Right. Right. And and vice versa, even with the woman. Yeah. yeah you yeah, know, for sure. So what made you want to get so heavy on the topic of relationships? I mean, there's so many other things that you could talk about because you're you're a dope salesman. Mm-hmm. You know, and I surprised, I'm surprised that you don't, you don't go heavy on the whole salesmanship thing because I've watched you in action and you're the type of guy you can sell water to the ocean, water <laughs> to a fish, dirt to a dirt compiler, whatever, you know, what I'm trying to say, but you're the guy who can, you can sell anything. Yeah. But your main thing is relationships. Are you selling relationships or are you selling the value of the relationship? I don't even believe I'm selling either one. I mean, it is, if somebody wants to work with me, I think, yeah, it is for sale, mm-hmm. but... I really just believe everything that I need is in relationships and relationships are the most valuable thing on earth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The most valuable thing. You know, I have relationships, I, I call them even currency relationships where there's times where there's certain things that I need in my life and it didn't require me to have any money. Right. It was the relationships that I had. And these relationships that I'm speaking of, these currency relationships, it's not relationships that I approach with what can I get? It was always me, what can I give? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That having that mindset and training my mind to be that way is like, what can I give? In every scenario, what can I give? It may be monetary. It may be time. It may be um, resources. It may be my physical body, but it's like I'm still approaching it with what can I give, Mm -hmm. not what can I get. I realize, really, God has given me everything. So in that moment, all you're doing is adding to it. So what would you say to somebody who says, yeah, I'm I'm a giver. I'm always giving. I'm always giving. But I also feel like, you know what, I'm also getting screwed over in my giving. How do you how do you somebody define a thin line between not giving as so much as people feel like you should give? Like because you're saying like you know we should give 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 give, but what do you say to the person who feel like I'm always giving, but I'm on the, on the end of the receiving? I've been seeing this post on uh, social media. It's going around like you know, I'm always a person who is the how it goes. Like I'm always the person who's the, the project or the test or something like that for the next person's coming along. Mm-hmm. They give so much of themselves in a, in a relationship that, you know, I'm giving, you know, my money, my time, you know, I may even give you a place to stay or lay your head or my car or something like that. And in the end, I wind up getting screwed over. Like, well, what's, how do we speak to that and how do we discern to know what's a relationship I should give so much and go 120% in or, or should I scale back? It definitely, it definitely requires discernment. Mm-hmm. And... Definitely having a balance, okay. 
Because I don't just go out here and just give myself to anyone. I, I mean, I used to do that because yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a mercy motivated heart. So I'm always wanting to give of myself yeah, yeah. and make sure everybody's OK. And even if I'm not OK. Right. But I've definitely I had to create a balance and then also having discernment and also watching. So if people don't even understand the terminology discernment, yeah. just watching and gauging a person. You know, studying where you're about to sow your seed and where you're about to give your time so you don't end out, end up on the burnt end of the, uh, the spectrum. Like, yeah. man, I've been giving to everybody and nobody giving anything to me. Right. And see, here's the thing. It goes back to the mentality again, mm -hmm. because even when I'm giving whatever situation I choose to give in, let's just say I didn't discern it. Right, right. I'm doing it out of God has given me everything. So as I'm giving to you, let's say I'm giving to you all the time and yeah, Joe yeah. don't never give me nothing. Right. It's a it's a mind state that I have and a spirit behind why I'm giving. Are you am I really giving with the intentions of getting something from you or am I just giving because that's just what I do? And of How course, I got to that point. Though? Hmm? How do you even get to that? Point? I had to train my mind for years, for years, man. Just just understanding that, like hmm. me personally, everybody doesn't believe in this, what I believe. But me personally, I, I literally believe that God has given me everything, the basic necessities of yeah, life. Yeah, for sure. So in return, man, think about what God has given. Yeah, a lot. So I'm just trying to I'm just trying to um, my best duplicate his giving style mm. and sowing my life. But and as I'm sowing my life, wow. I just believe as I'm sowing my life that there's a return that comes to me. It may not even come from you. Like, man, I've been sowing a Joe, sowing a Joe, and he ain't giving me nothing back. But then the next relationship, it comes to me. My harvest comes through that person. You know, so it's all mindset. Yeah, and and and, right and and understanding where you're sowing your seeds. Uh -huh. You know, my pops used to say that don't cast your pearls among swine. Mm. Is that is that soil fertile? Right, right. You right. know, you can watch a person and see like, okay, you know what? I'm not gonna sow too much into that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Much, not too much of my time, not too much of my money, not too much of my resources. I'm not doing that. And I'm pretty sure people have done it with me, where they watch me and they probably felt like at some point, like, you know what? I can't sow right now. But then I had to add value to my life to attract people of value so they feel they feel honored to sow into my life. Mm -hmm. And then also in that equation, not sacrificing your character just to appease people and to give into every person's life. If you sacrifice your character for freedom, it's not really freedom. It's an upgraded prison. Hit some more on that, that. That was heavy. That's, that's a bar. Because most of us do that. We'll sacrifice who we are yeah. to put ourselves in all these equations to feel just to be like, oh, I gave over here and I gave over here and I gave over here. And we believe that that's creating freedom. But it's not. You're really just appeasing the person or appeasing the people. Yeah, because people, um, even this entrepreneurship space, everyone, I want to give. I, you know, I mean, I want to serve. I want you know, to serve. You want to give a value. This and the third, but they don't realize that that giving of themselves and the person that they're giving to they may just be using them just to give their need. And then yeah. it's on. Like, you didn't get anything out of it besides just giving of yourself. Yeah, you, and that, that, that's where that discernment comes in and watching where you're, watching where you're serving and where you're sowing. Mm -hmm. Where am I giving this time to? I'm not just going to give my time or give my resources just because of popularity. Right, right, right. And a lot of people do that, especially in our society now. It's mm -hmm. like, oh, I'm gonna, I want to give over here because this person's popular. But yeah, is, that gonna, yeah. is that beneficial towards you? Do you even really have the time? Do you even really have the money? You know, I had to become aware of that, like, you know what? I want to give, but I don't have it. Mm -hmm. I mean, if it's monetary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what I do have is time. His, I'm, 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 my word is born. So I'm like, if I'm going to do it and I'm giving it, and this is tying into relationships, if I say that I'm in it, then I'm in it. Yeah. And that's how I was with the relationships that I've had. I'm, if I'm in it, then I'm in it. You don't got to pump and prime me. Like, I came from, you know, 
I have a street methodology that I still, that I took from the streets, mm -hmm. where it was like, we said it, it was an oath that I'm in it, I'm riding. Do you think that scares people though? Because I think, I've, I've been in situations where I've been in it from the start. Mm -hmm. And that scared some women. Like, oh my gosh, like this is like, you know, I feel like sometimes people, women and or men, sometimes self-sabotage. When they get what they've been asking for, and the person who's giving it to them, it's all in. Like you said, they're all in, and they get scared because it's too much for them. Mm -hmm. Like how how does somebody say, you know what? Like if I like a woman, right, a, a young lady, and she says, "Yo, this, this is just too much." Like I'm like, "Yo, like this is what you asked for." Mm -hmm. What do you do in that situation? Like you know, I'm digging her. She's fly. She's cool. She's everything I've imagined to somebody, but she says this is just too much right now. It depends. When is this conversation taking place? Because I see, see some people may argue with me, like, or or beg the differ that I ask these, I ask intentional questions, right out the gate. Sure. I'm talking about. It may not be the first date. How intentional are we talking? I'm talking about. I'm laying it all out. Okay. Because I believe, you know, what I mean, I don't, I don't want to waste your time or waste my time. You know, like, so I'm not saying the first date you just throw it all out there, yeah, but of course. maybe the second one. Somewhere weave it into the conversation. Mm -hmm. We were talking about the core values. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know what? These are my standards. These are things that I'm not willing to compromise on. And then you can adjust from there and decide if you're even going to go on the third day. And I'm not saying, and then, you know, some people may put on a mask because mm -hmm. that always happens. Right, right. But time is going to tell. You could test it. I'm testing everything. So let's talk about, let's get into your relationships, man. Let's go to the, my relationships. <laughs> <laughs> You're a relationship mechanic, and of course, people they want they need some social proof. Mm -hmm. That's pretty much as to how your relationships have gone. Mm -hmm. Have they gone left? You know, were you the cause? with the other person the cause? You know, what? Let's speak to your relationships as the relationship mechanic, and let's speak to like you know. I think a lot of times people don't want to see their own flaws. Mm -hmm. I think they always want to point point like you know it's, it was your fault, it was your fault. I've been in situations where. People point and say, oh, well, it was your fault because of this. It was your fault because of that. And nobody really looks at themselves. And I think a lot of people are trying to get to the point where they want to look at themselves, but they're scared to. Yeah. Well, listen, man, like, what are some things that you feel like, you know, in your past relationships that you know that you were a flawed being, but you were scared to point it out, or you were just saying, you know, I just can't be vulnerable in this moment? Yeah, I would say um, I have two kids. I have a son. My son is 19. He'll be 20 next month. Tell people how old you are. Don't look your age. You know what? If you anybody, <laughs> if anybody can, if anybody can guess my age, DM me, and if you're correct, you'll get a free book. You get a free book. All right. I, we'll keep I, I it like a, a we'll mystery. Keep that, we'll keep that a mystery. There's people that me, know me. I mean, but yeah. When you told me how old you were, I, was, I didn't believe it. I thought you were a different age. Yeah. And I'm like, wow. Because yeah. Because like one, you age gracefully. Thank you. Yeah. Energy isn't of your age. Mm. It's like it's like you're mentally you're definitely your age. Yeah. But like your spirit is like it's so young and vibrant and refreshing. Yeah. And um, have you always been that person, even inside your relationships? I have, man. I'm I'm excited about life, man. I'm really grateful. I mean, I haven't had the worst life. There's other individuals that I knew that I grew up with that had it, you know, worse than me. Yeah. But we we grew up in some crazy situations. You know, I mean, I lost friends, um, seeing people carried off the prison and so I'm grateful that I that I that I wasn't one of those individuals mm -hmm. so when I wake up it's times I, I really look in the mirror and I'm like man if the day might be going some type of way I just look I'm like you know what I start doing a passing review mm -hmm. of where I came from and where I'm at and I'm like nah I'm grateful yeah, yeah, and then yeah, I'm just yeah. excited right there in that moment like yo I'm ready to go 
Like, let's go. Like, I love it. you know, so yeah, I have a, I have a son. He'll be 20 next month, Nehemiah. And then I have a daughter, Jaira. She's 10. She'll be 11 in October. And so my daughter I had from my, my ex-wife mm. and my son was from a woman I was seeing before that. We weren't married. Okay. And I always tell people when I was growing up in New York, like I didn't have a, I didn't have a girlfriend. You know what I mean? Like I wasn't, I like girls, but I was, I was like really engulfed in the streets. I love the streets. So that started at age like 13. And so high school, I had no girlfriend. Like dudes was getting with girls and everything like that. My men, I had this mentality that if I had a girl, I'm in the streets, I'm constantly running from authorities, police. Yeah, yeah. If I have a girl and we, if I got to run and she get caught, she going to tell. So I don't want it. Now I would hang out with I would hang out with girls you know when I was with my family and everything or with my crew, but I wasn't trying to get that tight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause I was like, man. Then it was like I didn't want to ruin your life. Like I already know. Like if you with me, and some anything could pop off at any moment, and then you in the midst of it. Plus I like the good girls, so I didn't want to bring a good girl. <laughs> <laughs> ain't no, ain't, ain't no, ain't throwing no, no salt. No, no, no. I ain't throwing no salt on my, you know yeah, what I mean, yeah, my yeah, my yeah. rough riders, my right, my right, gangster right. girls, but. <laughs> I like I like the good girl. I like the girl that you know was real quiet. Nobody wanted to, you know what I mean. Everybody thought she was the nerd. I, uh, that was the one that was hot to me. Like, oh, she hot right there. Really? But I didn't want to bring that one into my world. But what what stopped you from doing that? Because some people was like, yo, I can use the, I, can, I no, I can see I can use something like that in my life. Yeah. Because like if I'm with somebody like that, they may not believe that when they hear about me in the streets, or they may believe that she may be the one to change you or something like that. Nah, like a lot of, like, what they didn't. They, from like not going that route with somebody, a good girl. Okay, they didn't have a strong enough pull, and the streets had a strong enough pull. The streets pull was stronger. Well, you belong to the streets. Like you were not like. And here's the thing. That's the thing. I didn't. I tried it one time. It was a good girl. She was a real good girl. Wore glasses. She was to me. She was hot. You know what I mean? And I got with her. And I was like, cause that's really inside. That's who I was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was a good dude, mm -hmm. but you know, the streets you had to, it was almost like sometimes you had to be this person because this is the environment, yeah, you yeah. know, like this is the survival mode. Like, so, but internally it was like, man, this is what I want. But it was like, the streets was pulling me like, ah, it's this tug of war going yeah, on. Yeah, and, and so I said, let me try it. So I got with this girl and it was short lived. It was like, mm -hmm. I think it was like maybe a month. Cause then one, and she didn't like nobody that smoked weed, do none of that. And once again, the streets had a stronger pull. So one day I came to school and I was high in a kite and I seen her, I was like, oh, so I ducked her like, <laughs> and I remember we was, we was going between classes. Like, you know, yeah, you switch yeah, classes yeah. and I was trying to dodge her all day. Cause I came in high. I was like, if I just, if I see her by the end of the day, my high wear off. Yeah, 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 for sure. And so it was like, I don't know if it was like second or third period and we switching classes and you know, we ain't had no phones, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm switching class and I see her and she's like, hey, Jamel. And I'm like, and I try to act like I ain't hear her. And I was going up the stairs. She's like, Jamel. And I like, I know, she know I know I heard yeah, her. Yeah. So I just turned around. I was like, hey, what's up? She was like, hey, come in. And I was like, I got to get to the class. Like, and she was like, just come in. And of course, I, she knew I had time. Right, right, right. And I'm like, you know what, whatever. I, maybe I could play it off. Uh -huh. I had mad starbursts in my mouth. So I just walked down. And I'm like, what's up? And she was like, are you high? She just came right out like, are you Man, high? Straight up. I was like, what? Like, and she was like, oh, yeah. And I, in my head, I'm thinking, I know I look mad high, cause yeah, I was yeah. high, right? like super high. And she was like, you're not high, are you? I was like, nah, like what? Like, why would you even come at me like that? Early in the morning, I'm trying to get to the class. She was like, well, come here, give me a hug. I'm like, oh. and 
and hugged her, and I knew I smelled like yeah, it. She yeah, was like, yeah. Jamal, you're high. And I was like, yeah, yeah, but it's my last time. Like, I swear, like, it, it, it's, mm. it's over. Man, she was no tolerant for that. Like, she was like, she didn't even tell me. I remember going to um, a restaurant her cousin worked at, mm. this dude. And I got there, and I ordered some stuff, and he told me. He was like, yo, such and such, that she don't want to be with you no more. And I was like, dang. And it did hurt my heart, but I was like, it didn't, it didn't, hurt, it didn't hurt too much because I was like, oh, I guess I got the streets, though, so whatever. Yo, what up, homie? So what, what had you so connected to the streets, though? Like, if you knew you were a good guy down inside and you knew that the streets wasn't something for you, like, what was your relationship with the streets? That was, that was the environment, you know what I mean? Like, my... Not a, not a knock on my dad. My dad was going typical story. You know what I mean? Yeah. My mom was doing the best she could do with the kids that she was raising. We lived on a particular street in New York. And so, you know, you sought guidance from the guys on the block. And mm -hmm. so then you just became engulfed with it. So, and I loved it. It was like, I wasn't as deep as some other individuals, yeah, but I just yeah. loved it. You know what I mean? The, the nightlife, especially as I got older into my teenage years and my young adult years, you know, I was like, I was like, yo, I'm, I'm loving this. You know what I mean? We skating back and forth to these places. And then I was making money from doing transactions with stuff. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so I was like, this is cool. What kind of transactions though? Huh? <laughs> you know what I mean? I was selling water, man. <laughs> That's your sales I was selling water back then, selling man. Before it was Fiji. <laughs> Before it was Fiji water. Selling water to the ocean. Selling water, you know. Word, word, but word. even even so, now fast forward. Uh huh. That relationship short lived, and you know, I'm still delving with the streets. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, man, you know what? I need to I need to die. I'm gonna try a relationship. Okay. You know what I mean? I'm gonna get in a real relationship. Now, how old are you then? At this point. At this point. Yeah, how old are you at this point? I'm 20. Okay. 20. 20 is your first relationship. Real relationship. relationship. Real relationship. Like, real, real relationship. Like, I ain't even have sex. Wow. This is, you know what I'm saying? So you, that's crazy. Yeah. Now, it's crazy as people that's watching this podcast. <laughs> like, Some of my homies probably go hear me and be like, yo, I thought you said you strange, Judy. <laughs> <laughs> so at 20 years old, you out in these streets, like, you got... Access to plenty of women and you've never had sex. Yeah. Really? I just, you know what it was? It, it wasn't like I couldn't. Yeah. It was, and I don't know, maybe it was God covering me because it was times where I was in that position that, where I could have done something mm -hmm. and I just didn't feel like, it just didn't feel right. I, and I, I, this dawned on me maybe about a couple months ago because I was thinking back on my life, like, why was I like that? And then I think I started thinking, I remember seeing my mom go through so many situations, you know what I mean? And I was like, I think my mentality wanted forever. Mm, okay, okay. So when I did see like my my friends with with girls and everything, I was like, I want forever. Like you know, we gotta have this conversation. What kind of cereal you like? What kind of movie you like? You like that color? Yeah, I like yeah, that yeah. color. I'm like, man. In my head, and you know, I was like, this is whack. Like we ain't gonna be together forever. I ain't about to have this conversation over and over and over. I'm gonna be with her for what two years? Then we not together. And maybe it could have lasted longer, but I never tried it. I just never tested it. That's very mature of you, man. I was just like, you know what? I don't want to do that. I want forever. Now, I didn't know that until a couple months ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I started thinking back, like, why was I like that? And it was from me seeing my mom, and my mindset was like, okay, if I get with somebody, I want forever. I don't want to be with you for a, a two years or three years. I want to be with you forever. And, and I guess that part in my heart came from, you know what I mean, seeing my mom. Or seeing relationships around me, too, where it wasn't forever. I'm like, dang. They was together for a year. Now he with this girl. I'm like, I don't want to do that. It's, it just seemed like mad work. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, nah. But then I met my son's mom, 
And I was like, you know what? I'm going to really go into this relationship thing, man. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we linked up. This is when you are 20? 20. Okay, okay. I, think I, was, I believe I was 20. And I was still, del- I still was in the streets, though. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, I felt I was ready. I was like, I'm ready. You know what I mean? So we linked up. And I did love her. I love her. I loved her. And then out of, I, I would say I was immature. We both were immature. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? We, we had a child. And I still wanted forever, though. I still was like, yo, I'm rocking with you. You know what I mean? Like, and then some things, you know, kind of spun out. Here's, here's what, uh, some things happened where we had a living arrangement, you know, and we had a fallout and she had made a comment. This is just truth. You know what I mean? She made a comment like, well, this is my place. This is my, my apartment. This is my baby. And in my ignorance, I believe now I look back, this was the wrong move to make. But in my ignorance, the only way I knew how to deal with situations like that, especially when people got on, this is mine, this is mine, this is mine. Mm -hmm. My mentality even then, even when I was in the streets, was, all right, cool, you can have it. I'm out of here. And I just walk off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't wouldn't dispute with you. I wouldn't argue with you over it. You know, maybe that was the value of relationships working right there, and I didn't know it. But so when she said it, I was like, bet, you can have it. I just walked out of the apartment. You can have it all. I just walked off, and I went. To one of my friends' house and was like, yo, I'm gonna stay with him. And I was like, then I reached out to him and was like, yo, I'll just see my son when I can see him. But how I was that? Huh? Now how was that? You know, because sometimes I've seen where women don't want men to be by their sons if they can't be with, be with you. Or vice versa. Right? Yeah, I mean you use your son your child the child is a scapegoat. Yeah. And I mean, and then to fast forward, we went on and off, you know, about me coming back and and then I would see my son. And the streets still had that tug on me. So I didn't cheat on her with no woman. I did cheat on her with the streets. Because mm. the streets call, I'm gone. Yeah. And then, back then, that was, I was being vengeful. Because I was like, when you made that comment, the, 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 the immaturity of my mind only dealt with it how I dealt with stuff in the streets. Like, oh, so that's how you're going to get down? Bet. You can have it. You find, find your way. You know, like, find your way without me. And... So we went back and forth, and then eventually I was like, you know what, man, I, I want her, because I still want it forever. I'm like, yo, I'll marry you. You was willing to marry her? Yeah, I was willing to marry her. She didn't, at that time, she didn't want to marry me, you know? Why didn't you want to marry you? Um, she was like, this is too much. Like, I don't know if I could marry you. I don't want to, you know, like, it was, it was just too much. Because of your commitment to the streets, or just like, she just I think it know. was just, she was young, I was young. But I just still wanted forever. That was just my mindset. And you that, had always had a, that yeah, desire. Yeah, that wasn't her mindset. Yeah, I was yeah, like, yo, yeah. we can make this work. Like, I just, I don't want to be with a bunch of people. You got my son. And it wasn't because she had my son that I wanted to be married. It was just that I was like, yo, you a dope woman. I love you. I know we got some things to work out. But, yo, I want, I want forever. It wasn't in, you know, that wasn't a 50-50 agreement. So it was like, okay. After that, I was just like, you know what? I moved on. There's a lot more to the story, but that's neither here nor there. But I moved on. She didn't want to. She didn't want to. She didn't want to be with me, you know. Probably some of the ignorance of me too. Like I'm a street dude. Mm-hmm. I would. I would never know. She never blatantly said it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. So I moved on, and then I was like, I was still trying to get back with her though. Like, yo, come on, come on, come on. She was like, nah, nah, nah. And so for like two years, we wasn't rocking. So how's that feeling, man, of wanting somebody but they didn't want you, want you back? Cause I've been in that position before where I've wanted somebody like. Bad. I mean, I thought she was the one, and she she made it seem like she wanted me, mm-hmm. but we can never connect, like on a relationship type level. It's like you know, I'm, I'm driving. You know, she was, was out of I mean, out of state. 
Like, I just mm. thought, I thought, I swear up and down that she was the one. And we'd be back and forth with it for like, we'd be on for a few months, off for a year. And then randomly it'd pop back up. Oh man, you know, somebody, so-and-so, you know, I'm like, oh, what's up? Let's do it. Like, yeah. what is that like? You know, like, you know, from you, from your standpoint as a relationship mechanic, you know, what is that like? What's that? What is that? It, it, it hurt. But then, like I had the streets. <laughs> that was that was my comfort. So it was like yeah, you know yeah, what yeah. I had that, and it hurt, and I could understand her hurt mm-hmm. and frustration. I guess with me it was like it did it would never push me to that extent though. Like, like to be done with you like that. I'm just like yo, we both we both working on something. Like, mm-hmm. like come back to me. Like let's 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 make it happen. She yeah, was like yeah. she was like no, nah, I'm cool. You know what I mean? I was like. All right. And at that time I had a felony, so I was looking for work. Couldn't really find work, so that was a frustrating part for me. Mm-hmm. So it kept me still kind of like dabbling in the streets. I got I got arrested and then I was incarcerated for selling selling stuff. <laughs> Come on, just say the stuff, man. God. <laughs> no, nah, I got I got a uh I got a drug trafficking charge. Okay, okay. And and I got a drug trafficking charge. I didn't have to serve as much time and I came home and then it was just it was just periodically arrested on and off. Mm-hmm. And was that before my son? No, that was around that time. And so then just fast forward, like I kept trying to get what she won't give me. So two years had went by and I had met my I met my daughter's mom, which is my ex-wife. Mm-hmm. I met her. And by this time I'm kinda like I'm kinda like easing out of the streets. Okay. You know what I mean? It was easing you out of the streets. Easing me out of the streets because one, I had this moment. It's, it's in my book. I had this moment where every night I would walk through, I would walk through the park that was by my mom's house, and I would have my my little Hennessy. This was like my nightcap, wind down, digress the whole day, and I would sit there and I pour my little. I had my little plastic cup. I pour my little cup, and I just sit there and just be sitting there thinking about life. And I'm sitting there, mm-hmm. and it was like my heart just became overwhelmed with this love. Like I know the, I know the difference between like the love that you may express towards me, my yeah, mother yeah, may yeah. express towards me, my right. father, my brother. You, you could you just the love just yeah, feels yeah. different. Right, right. But in that moment, it was like a different type of love. You always like I was overwhelmed with love, like just and I knew it, and his people might be like, man, that was the Hennessy. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> the thing, yo, the thing is, I I thought about that too. I was like, yeah. man, is that is that the Hennessy? Uh-huh. But I've done this every night, or maybe like at least three nights out the week before I went to the before I went to the house just to like lay it down, and I was like, nah. And I was thinking like, I wonder if this. I said, I, I think this is the love that my mom and them be talking about, like that God love. Like I think God's love is hitting my heart right now, and it felt so amazing. Mm-hmm. I was like, yo, I remember I dumped my henny out right there. I dumped the cup out, not the bottle. I had still some. <laughs> it was a pint. <laughs> It wasn't like it wasn't that type of God love. Right, right. <laughs> I believe he still loved me in that moment, but anyway. <laughs> so yeah, go ahead. I went walking to the house. I even got my mom. I was like, Mom, like, this love, blah, blah, blah. And she was like, she said that that could be it, Jamel. And I'm like, yeah, I, I said, I believe that's it. So what happened in that moment though was I was like, you know what? If somebody doesn't love the God that created everything, there's no way that they can truly love me. I'm not saying you had to be perfect, yeah. but if you, don't, if you cannot love the God that created everything, including me, there's no way you can truly love me. 
And being in the streets, when we when we would leave each other or when we would meet each other, we'd be like, yo, what's up, man? I love you, man. I love you, dog. When we leave each other, yo, I love you, man. And so then I started questioning that. Like, so I started asking dudes, like, yo, man, how you feel about, you know, we be sitting there drinking, blowing the weed. I'm like, man, how y'all feel about God, man? Just asking. Mm -hmm. Oh, man, here you go again with that. And I'm like, hmm, I got to start thinking about this circle right here. Because if right. that's how you feel about, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, the God that created everything, then how do you truly feel about me? Now, once again, it's not about your perfection. I right, don't care right. if you were still drinking your Henny and your Bacardi and doing what you was doing, carrying your guns. It was just the fact of if you don't truly love God, how you going, if you don't, not, not truly love, but if you don't love the God that created everything, you don't truly love me. Mm -hmm. That means that 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 I'm getting is not that thorough. So I'm like, okay, then I got I to gotta evaluate who I'm with. You know what I mean? And not to, not to say that if I saw these individuals, I wouldn't say what's up to them, but then I started weaving my way out that circle, like, yeah, you know yeah, what? Yeah, yeah, nah. And then that became my question for women. So now this was, now I'm going into another level where I'm like, I'm starting to desire a real deep relationship with somebody. Like, so I'll be around women and I'll be like, they'll be nice, they'll be looking good, but my disclaimer was always like, I'm gonna see how they, how, how they body language is when I ask them this question. So like, yo, how you feel about God? And most women be like, oh man, that's, you know, I'm into God, you know, blah, 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 okay, cool. Not looking for perfection. Mm -hmm. Some of my ass would be like, man, I ain't trying to talk about that right now. Let's just, let's just get this drink on. I'm like, mm, can't rock with her. And then I remember I used to go home and go to sleep. And I was like, man, God, little dumb prayer, man. I wasn't like a deep prayer dude. Like, God, bro, kind of lonely, you know. Yeah, yeah. Send me a woman or something, like, whatever. Just like that, and I go to sleep. <laughs> uh -huh. And then I remember, I remember one time I was like, God, you know what? The next woman that says she loves you. I'll know, I said, I'm gonna marry her. Mm. I said, because the same love that I felt in that park that day, if I, if I feel that when I ask her, I'm marrying her. That was just my, that was my declaration right there. Wow. So I'm in Ohio and I'm walking on campus. There's a uh, campus out there. I'm running some errands for my mom and I'm selling CDs because I, I do music. So I was selling my CDs. Thing. I just dated myself. I'm selling CDs. <laughs> Lease is not drugs, suckers. Not everybody guess that age. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so I'm selling the CDs anyway, and I see this. I see this. Um, this woman coming across the street, and I'm like, okay, she's she's cute. I was like, I'm a I'm gonna get her to buy these CDs mm -hmm. or buy one of my CDs. And I don't want to, I don't want her to see me running up to her. So I ran through the building. Yeah. And I cut through the building to kind of like make it seem like I just popped up. Uh huh. You know what I mean? So she walking. And I came through the building, I'm like, hey, what's up? And she's like, what's up? I'm like, hey, you wanna buy one of my CDs? She's like, what you do? I was like, I rhyme, I got, I got a rap CD. She was like, how I know if it's good? I'm like, it's good, trust me. She was like, I don't know about that. She was like, you can walk me to class. I'm like, all right, cool, whatever. So we get in the elevator, I'm thinking, I'm gonna try to, no, actually I remember telling her, she said, how much is the CD? Mm. I was like, five. She was like, well, how if I know you, how if I know, how I know you, if you good, if I pay my $5? I was like, I'm not, it's good. She was like, I don't know, but you could walk me to class. So we get in the elevator. I'm thinking in the elevator, she cute, but I'm like, I'm gonna see if I can get a buy for three. Okay. Cause I was like, she cute, but I was like, I wanted my money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so um, in the elevator, her, uh, she had a purse on her shoulder. Her purse just fell apart. Like just, I said, ooh, I got her. Like I got her. I said, I said, dang, Ma, did your purse just fall apart? And she was like, ah, she picking it up. I'm helping her get her stuff. And I'm thinking in my head like, yo, $3? And she was like, you still trying to sell that to me? I was like, yeah, like $3. Yeah. And so she was like, nah, I'm good. I'm like, shoot. I'm like, all right. So I just kept walking her. And we get in the staircase. She's telling me where she's from. I'm telling her where I'm from. Conversations for that brief moment is dope. 
she looked good. But I'm thinking in my head, like, I'm about to ask her this question. So I don't care how you look. Mm-hmm. If you don't answer this right, then it's, 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 it's forget it. Yeah. I said, yo, how you feel about God? She was like, oh, my mom, blah, 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 blah. I was like 50 cent coins. I was like, I'm marrying her. Just off rip. Right there. Because like, she got excited about the Lord. I said, I'm marrying her. So what's in, <laughs> in that moment? Because like, you know what? When I, when I said that, that same that feeling hit right there. And I was like, I'm marrying her. Now, I know for some people watching this or listening, they're like, man, that, you stupid. That was, that's what I did. But how do you even know? I mean, I guess you know because you said that feeling came back. Though. Yeah, yeah. And so how does one... And everybody's different. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? yeah, for sure. Like, but how does one grasp, you know, that feeling? Like to say, you know, how do I know when the one is the one? Because... I think you know. People know, man. That's the thing. People be knowing. It's just a matter of what you're going to do with what you know. Mm. Now, I'm not saying right then and there, like, I knew. Yeah, and yeah, it was like the next day when got married. Whatever, maybe. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. but it was like, from, from the experience I had prior to that, it was like, boom. You know what I mean? And then to come to find out, so we, we, gonna, we can skip past all the little lovey-dovey in between. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then to come to find out, when I did ask her, she, she told me that she was praying for a husband. Mm. You know what I mean? Around, and then she, I said, well, around what time? And it was around the same time I was. That's crazy. You know what I mean? I wasn't praying for a wife. I was just like, God, oh, you know, you I want to be with somebody, yeah, you yeah. know. And one thing is, here's the thing. I knew the level of loyalty I had. I, uh, wasn't, a, I wasn't a player. Right, right, It wasn't right. in me. Like, I, I don't have player in me. Like, I just, I'll get, I'll get caught. I feel you. I don't have enough bandwidth. <laughs> I feel you. I feel you know what I mean? One. Like, yeah, I don't, yeah, yeah. especially, I mean, of course, not now. I got somebody now. But even prior right. to that, I don't have enough bandwidth, especially all the stuff I got going on. It's like, man, I can't keep track of all this information. Too much information. Entirely too much. Back then, it was too much information because I was still in the streets a little bit. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So it was, I had to do the work. I had to bag the work. I had to do, I had to make sure this dude wasn't. So it's like, this is too much. This is too much going on. And so I met her 2006, September. Mm-hmm. Proposed to her December 2006, and we got married March. September. Met her. Met her. Proposed to her December. That same year. Same year. We got married March of 07. We were together for 11 years. Wow. 11 years? It's a long time. 11 years. So what, what was it like and what happened? The 11 years of the marriage was amazing. Because people would say, I would, li- I would be lying to sit here and say the whole 11 years was turmoil. Heck no, man. It couldn't have been. Yeah, the way so you made it 11 years, it was we all turmoil. Some, we had an amazing adventure. We had a daughter, you know what I mean? We had amazing times. We had great times. We had loving times. We had loving relationships. I had, I had the value of relationships growing in me. Mm-hmm. Like, the loyalty was there. Like, I wasn't... Nah, man, like, that's the thing. Like, it, for me, it, you don't got to pump and prime me. Right, I always right, say right, it's like, right, if right. you ready, I'm already ready. You know what I mean? There's always, there's always growth and maturity that can take place in me. Mm-hmm. I'm forever learning. I'm forever remaining a student, but I'm already ready. Like, I'm not one of them dudes that it's like, whatever, is, whatever if it's business, whatever, especially if I say I'm in. If I'm not in, then I'm just not in. Yeah, yeah, but if yeah, I yeah. say I'm in, that means I've took time already to contemplate, meditate, and, and make my decision of, I'm in. So when I say I'm in, I'm in. Let's pause real quick. Because you said something. You said you re- you, you're already ready. Mm-hmm. So let's talk to, since we're men, let's talk to other men mm-hmm. who, who are out here playing these games with women 
who are out here, you know, still juggling if they want to be in the streets or they still want to, you know, be a player or whatever it may be. How does a man make himself ready? Like you say, you're already ready, you know, and there's a lot of dudes who probably say, you know what, I'll let that one get away because yeah. of my immaturity. Yeah. Like how does they, how do they push all of that to the side to say, to make it happen with that one? Cause like you said, you, you knew that your, your ex-wife was the one, mm -hmm. y'all were together for 11 years. Mm -hmm. And then of course something happened, but I want to take a moment and just kind of speak to men or even women if you want to on that topic. And when I say and when I say I was ready, like I was ready from the mindset of I know what I want. Was I fully walking in the level of maturity of being ready? No. Mm. But I knew what it was gonna take. So as to answer your question and, and where I'm going with it is I knew it was gonna take a level of humility and exposure. And I knew I needed another man. Mm -hmm. And I wanna say that that every if, if a woman's seeing a man yeah. and that man does not have another man over him, mm -hmm. I would be, I would be careful. Why are you saying that? Because I believe every man needs a man over him. In a practical sense, and for those that are spiritual, in a spiritual sense. Okay. I believe every man needs a, a man over him, a mentor, a tutor, a counselor, and then also a, level, a spiritual authority. You know, and at that point in my life, I didn't have that. Mm, okay, so when okay. I did marry my wife and we moved off to the state of Delaware, I got around some um, some powerful men. Mm -hmm. And I remember she had made a suggestion. She was like, Jamel, you know what? You need another man in your life. And I was like, because, you know, I didn't I didn't have that. Yeah. And so I remember this one man entered my life, you know, shout out to uh, Ray Cooper, who is still like a dad to me to this day. And. I remember coming to him and just being just being humble and exposing it like, yo, I just got married. This is what's going on. This is where I come from. What's up? You know what I mean? And he was he was in a marriage, successful marriage, older, wiser man. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not saying that you can't have a man over you that's that's close to your age. Mm -hmm. But he was an older, wiser man. And when I say having a man over you, also not your cousin, not your dad, not your uncle, somebody that that. That's, that, does, that doesn't really know you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? And they're seasoned. You know, so I got with him and he began to pour into me. He began to pour into me. And the thing that I was ready for, I, be, I started to become more of. Mm. I started to become more of a husband. Yeah, yeah. Become more of a better father to my daughter. Mm -hmm. You know, but that took me being vulnerable. So how does, how does a man come to vulnerability? That's a hard thing for a man. It is hard for men because a lot of times we very, we're masculine and we should be masculine, yeah, but yeah, sure. sometimes we, we're trying to be so masculine and so macho and so, it's an egotistical thing. Mm -hmm. You know, it takes, it takes another level of humility for another man to have another man speak to him and say, you know what, bro, you're not doing that right, right there. You know, and that man doesn't always have to be, I always say this, you can have a man over you, then there's a the one next to you, your right. peer, and then yeah, somebody yeah. under you that you're pouring into. I, you. Not I, under I you like they're so. beneath you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But somebody you can sharpen with and they can still probably be like, yo, Jamel, man, you might want to do this right here. And it's like, okay, wow, you know, let me take that in consideration. Then somebody over you mm -hmm. that they might not be always around you, but they have insight and oversight yes. into your life. They're mm -hmm. able to look into your life and say, you know what? Because they're experienced like, Jamel, you might want to do this right here. Mm -hmm. And you know, so I got with that and then my marriage started to grow. I was around other married couples. And then in 2008, we hit, a, we hit a whirlwind, you know? I woke up one morning, and this is going into the, and 
my wife's in the mirror doing her hair, and then she comes out and she's like, you know what? My job is giving away this certain type of vacation, little cruise thing, and if I win, I can go. It was like a little prize they had to do. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yo, you got that. Your customer service is off the hook. You could do it. And she was like, and I said, yeah, we could put Jaira, my daughter at that time, we could yeah. put her into the uh, daycare, and me and you can get away. She was like, yeah, that's the thing. I don't want to go with you. And I was like, oh. And for a moment, I was like, you know what? Okay, maybe she want to go with a friend. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, it still yeah. stung, but I was like, yeah. okay, Jamel, don't get upset, because I was about to get upset. And <laughs> yeah. I was like, and before I could even respond, she was like, yeah, that's the thing. Like, I don't, I don't love you no more. I, I didn't get over the guy I was with before I married you. So I, I don't want to be Eleven years? No, this was eight years. Eight years? This was the eight. This was this was the eighth year, and I was like, "Excuse me," and I was like, "Man, you crazy? Come here." She was like, "No, no, 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 don't touch me," and I was like, "Whoa!" And so I'm in like, "Is this really happening?" And here's the thing: the disclaimer I want to make for those that are watching and those that are listening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not condemning her. No, no, no. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I know yeah, some yeah, people. Yeah. I told this story. They're like, "Man, I would have left it," but I'm just. This is the reality of the situation that was taking place. Uh huh. You know what I mean? And I'm like, whoa. So I went and just did my morning routine. I went out the house. We were living up by the um, state of Delaware this time. So I just went, I ran, went to the park, doing my pull-ups. I'm like, I'm coming back. And she about to leave. And I'm like, man, come. Because I'm still thinking, this ain't happening. Right, like, right, right, right. Man, come in. She was like, no, I'm serious. Don't touch me. I got to go. And I'm like, oh, snap. Like, yo, this is really happening. How are you feeling in that moment? Man, I didn't, I had so many feelings going through me. It was just... I'm like, what happened? What did I do? Like, what's going on? Like, we just we just literally celebrated our eight year anniversary. What? Um, a month before that. Really? Yeah, because this happened in April and it was March. We just finished our anniversary. I'm like, yo, we was just at the anniversary toasting up with with friends and like this was going through my mind. I'm like, was this like contemplated murder? Like, it was all types of thoughts going through my head. <laughs> yeah, yeah, my knees yeah. could barely stand. I'm like, wow. I'm like, I, I'm like, I'm just distraught. I'm like. I'm like, okay. And then from what, what, what was said, I'm mm-hmm. thinking like, okay, I never got over the person. I'm like, okay, so man, we eight years in. I'm like, what was what was the eight years? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? I'm like. Was that a question what, you ever was, asked her? Like what was those eight, eight nah, years? Nah, nah, actually I never asked that question. I didn't, I didn't, in that moment, I didn't care to ask that question. I think I may have asked it, cause after that, um, what happened after that? After that, we end up having a conversation when she came home because I was like, man, when she come home, we having a conversation. Like, oh, for sure. <laughs> I got, I cook some food on the grill. I'm like, we gotta have a meeting. Like, <laughs> so she came home. We got the food on the table. I'm talking to her, and she just begins to spill more. Like, how no, I'm done. Like, I don't want nothing to do with you. And I'm just like, and I, I remember I threw the plate against the wall because I was like, yo, this is, this is some BS, man. Yeah. Like, yo. And she was like, but the thing is, we could still, we were staying in um, the company townhome at that time because mm-hmm. I was doing business with my with a uh, friend of mine. And she was like, well, you can stay downstairs and I can stay upstairs and just, I'm not saying we got to leave each other right now, but just, I just don't want to be with you right now. But you could still, we could still stay in the same house. And I'm like, what? And me, loving so much, I was like, all right, I, I'm a, I was like, I'm going to try it. I'm going to stay downstairs. So I was staying downstairs, but the thing was, in the morning I see her because mm-hmm. we walk. I'm coming upstairs. She coming from the top level to the kitchen. Oh yeah, yeah. And yeah, I'm yeah. seeing her, and I'm and I'm and I forgot. 
You know what I mean? So I'm coming behind her because you know, I think we eight years. Yeah, this yeah, is my yeah, homie yeah, that's, right that's here. That's routine. So I'm coming behind her and she, Jamal, no. And I'm like, right, my bad, my bad. And I'm like, and that was like, I was like, yo, I got to get out of here, bro. Because yeah, I don't see how you did that. I did that. That was short lived. That was for like a good two weeks because I think, man, I was listening to all the sad songs. <laughs> I was downstairs. Was rolling. Um, Trey songs. And I wish we never. <laughs> I got all. <laughs> I got all of I got all of it playing, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, happy songs, sad songs. My mind was disheveled, yeah, man. Yeah, like, emotions. I'm in the bathroom, looking in the mirror, taking shots of Henny, trying to go to sleep, and then it, then eventually, fast forward, I was I told my um, we had went to uh, we went to um, some of the leaders from our church at that time. We went there to, I was because they didn't know. We went to tell them, mm-hmm. and. They were basically ready to counsel, and sh- and they was like asking her what does she want to do, and she was like, no, nah, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to do this counseling. I'm, I know what I'm doing. I'm, I'm done. And they was like, they were straightforward. And I did, I wasn't mad at them. They was like, well, there's nothing we can do, bro. Like she don't, she don't. Want, I'm like, it's understood. Yeah. Shook hands with them. Got in the car with her, and we drove back to the crib. So I'm in the car, just like. Yeah. How was that ride home? Forty five minutes. Ooh. I'm just driving like, I don't know. It's 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 this fortified person in me, I'm still loving her, like, yo, nah, like, but I'm also being respectful, but at the same time, it's like, it's just mad emotions, like, I'm crushed, but then I'm like, this soldier's coming out of me, mm-hmm. it's like, back and forth, and so eventually, I was like, man, I gotta go, like, I'm leaving, I'm leaving Delaware, I gotta get out of here, like, I need you a different state, yeah, I was like, I need a different world, man, like, and so I was like, 20, <clears throat> 20, um, you know what, excuse me, it wasn't 2008. Mm-hmm. It was 2014. I'm sorry. Even more recent. 2014 when that okay. happened. Okay. Right? 2014 of April. So 2014 of June, I left Delaware and I came to Georgia to my mom's house. I was like, I just got to get out of here. I got to get around intimate family. Mm-hmm. And I left. I was like, I'm out of here. Came to Georgia. And then I knew it was going to happen because we had the company house at that time. My man, I had to tell him. So we had to shut down the business because we had a business running in, in Delaware. And it was a domino effect that I knew was going to happen. Yeah. He was like, okay, man, just go get yourself together. Do what you got to do. And eventually, she and we would be talking back and forth, me and her, and it would just be arguing because I'm like, yo, nah. Like, she's like, what, what is this going to happen? I'm like, I don't care. Hanging up, you know what I mean? And then eventually she called. She was like, yeah, um, he said he'd taken the house. And I was like, okay, what you want me to do? Because I knew this was going to happen. Yeah, 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 yeah. She's like, what we going to do? What me and, me and, me and Jai going to do? And I'm like, you can send her here with me. I don't know what you going to do. Ask your boy. Oh. You know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. Part of the street started to come up in me. Like, I was on some like, ask your boy. I'm cool. Life goes on. I'm I mean, back at zero. I, I get it, though. I'm back at zero. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? I didn't have no job. The business was my job. Mm. She had a job. I felt like I was on zero at concrete, hit the ground. I'm like, man, <clears throat> screw that. Like, ask your boy. And then one day I was, you know, I was in my mom's loft. And God deal with a person like me. Because at that point in time, I had some spiritual maturity. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? We got married. We moved and got under some leaders for seven years. I was in, like, spiritual boot camp. Yeah. So I'm in the mirror one day washing my face. And God's like, I was reading this story about the prodigal son and how his father forgave him. And God's like, I want you to do that to her. He said, I meet you every day, Jamel, like it's the brand new day. He said, everything you did before that, I don't even remember. He said, every day I meet, every day you wake up, I meet you like it's a new day. New mercy, new grace, new everything. He said, I want you to forgive and do the same thing. I'm like, no. 
Be I honest. Think. I was like, no. I was nah, like, man, you know yeah, what? Yeah, that's a tough I, one. I, I I hear you whispering in my spirit. I hear your wisdom talking, but I I want to reject it right now. Yeah, yeah. I'm rejecting it. So I close this word <laughs> and I reject this word. Yeah, yeah. But it just it, it with a person like me, it just kept sitting there. Mm -hmm. And so then when she called one time, I was like, then I was like, okay, let's see what we could do. I said, let's see what we could do. Let me see what I could do. And so I ran around sporadically. And at that time, I had met. Um, prior to that, I had met my uh, partner, my bro Dave. Mm -hmm. And so I'm running around, man. I'm, I ran around. I got a new car. I got an apartment. I couldn't really afford none of this, but I got it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Brand new 2014 Toyota Camry. I was like, when I, when she come, I'm gonna give her this. I'm gonna pick her up from the airport. Tell her this is her car. This is my way. I like. I want her to stay. I don't want you to ever leave again. I can't take it. Oh, so you trying to bring her back in to your life? Yeah, forgiving her and mm -hmm. also just like let's just go. You know what I mean? Like I don't want to. I can't take the sting. You know what I mean? It was it was hurting, man. Yeah, you know yeah, what I yeah, mean? Yeah. This is this is my wife. Yeah. So she came back. Now here's what they don't say about the prodigal son story. The son came back. They threw a party. They did. Slayed the fatty calf. They put the robe on him. Mm -hmm. My son, who was lost, now found. They had the party, but they never talk about the after party. Because mm. I'm pretty sure after all the candles was blown out, the music was shut down, the food was ate, everybody went to sleep. I'm sure when the morning time came, Dad had some questions. For sure. Like, what was you, what was you out there doing? Yeah. What, 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 what pushed you to do all of that? So she came back, and then we, I knew, we had to have a conversation. I'm like, yo, what's, what's up? You back. You back, but you not back. Like, what's up? And I had some standards now. Like, yo, this, <laughs> this has to happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? And she was like, you know, I just was, it was like a, and there was a battle going on. See, here's the thing. Mm -hmm. There was a battle I could see going on with her spiritually as well. You know? Um, did you see it at that time? No, I saw it as it was unraveling because there was uh, a lot okay. coming out. Like, yeah, yeah, and I was yeah, just yeah, looking yeah, like, yeah. Uh -huh. you know, running from God's calling, just a lot of things. And I was mm -hmm. like, I remember holding her while she was crying one day in the, in the house, but she don't want me. And she, she wants me to hold her though. So it was an odd feeling like, you don't want me, but you want me to hold you. And I'm, I wanna hold you cause that's my manly type of security, but it's, then I don't wanna hold you. It was just like- That's a weird space to be in. You know what I'm saying? But it's like, I gotta hold you cause God is holding me. And, God, and I'm like, at the same time, like God, give me the strength to hold her cause I don't wanna hold her. I need you to hold her through me. Ooh. Like, I'm just like, and then I'm crying and she crying and I'm like, Oh, like I can't, I'm like, I'm barely, it was his strength holding her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I was remembering yeah. moments like that. And so we together, back together again. And I'm like, now here's the thing. I was looking for an apology. Like, and I was like, so every day I was like, man, I, I forgave, but I'm like, yo, mm. I, want, I want my apology. I want you to say sorry, like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So every night we would be laying in the bed and it's, it's awkward feeling now. I'm laying in the bed and I'm like, looking like, like I'm going to put my arm around it and I'm like, and I put it there and then the memory hit me and I pull my arm away like, nah, I don't wanna hold you. Then I wanna hold you. I don't wanna hold you. And I'm looking at it like, you should say sorry. Why you ain't saying sorry? And I go to sleep. And every night I was doing that. And but then I'm one on. night she was in the bathroom. It was like for like a good week and a half. And one day, one day she was in the bathroom in the morning. I'm just looking at her like, I love her. I hate her. I can't believe, ugh. I love her. God help me. Help me love her. Ah, I forgave her. And God was like, Jamal, I was like, she needs to say sorry. And then wisdom was like, true forgiveness doesn't look for an apology. Mm. He's like, what if she never says she's sorry? Are you okay with it? Because if you're truly forgiven, you shouldn't be looking for an apology. Facts. 
that thing hit me like a ton of bricks, bro. I was like, oh, come on, man. Like, nah, I want my sorry. <laughs> He's like, if you looking for that yeah, every yeah, day, yeah. you haven't truly forgiven. Yeah, humanistic forgiven. side wants the apology. And so then I was totally like, you know what? Yeah. Bet. So at, in the spiritual maturity that I had, uh-huh. I, do hear from, I do hear God, you know what I mean? Or he'll speak through somebody else or some type of avenue. At that particular time, it was like a small voice going off inside of me saying, you know, true forgiveness doesn't look for an apology. So I started to live with that. Like, okay, I'm going to take that. Mm-hmm. And I just started to love and live with that. And I think a couple of days after that, she we was laying in the bed. She was like, Jamel, you know what? I just want to tell you I'm sorry mm-hmm. for everything that occurred, for what I did to you, this, that, and the third. And I was like, okay, cool. Was I just okay after that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nah. So after that, I was like, okay, she said sorry. Bet. So now we're moving on. That was 2014. Mm-hmm. Fast forward, top of 2015, something occurs again. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Where she steps out. You know what I mean? It wasn't like I physically caught her in no act, but there was some some evidence. You know what I mean? And I was like, so by that time, you ever see those movies with like the psycho dudes that's like, okay, let's say that like the the Joker. Yeah, 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 yeah. How he laughing. Uh Uh-huh. But it's like that psychotic laugh. Yeah. It was like that mode I was in there where it was like, okay, Whatever. Like, right, 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 right. Let's just go. Now, here's why I would say this. Here's why I would take my ownership right here. Uh-huh. That probably wasn't the right thing to do. For sure. Not even probably. It wasn't. Yeah. But that's the mindset that I went in. It was like, okay, now I now I see this again. And it was like back-to-back jabs. So I was like, whatever. Who cares? You know what I mean? Let's just be married and see where it goes, even mm-hmm. though I'm here, but I'm not here. Yeah. You know what I mean? We checking in with the, I wanted the counseling. But it was short-lived because it wasn't always mutual. I yeah, was always yeah, the one yeah. driving towards it. Right. So then I just was like, you know what? Forget it. And so 2015, 2016, it was more like motion. Mm. It was still great, but it was more like motion. And I was just like, you know what? I don't even really care. I care, but I don't care. Yeah, I don't yeah, know where yeah. my mind is. Right, right. I was becoming vengeful. Like, what am I going to do? Because I was thinking about this this morning before I came here. I've, I started going in this survival mode. Like, I'm in the marriage but it was like, I don't want to lose again. Mm. So then I started making moves in my head. Um, I started making moves in my head to save myself. Like if anything happens, I'm not being at where I was at before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not going to be at zero. Right. I'm not going to be lonely. I'm messing around. I'm going to have somebody on the backup just in case something go down, just in case it get too ugly. Mm. And I was thinking about that this morning, like Jamel, that wasn't wise. But that's what my mind was. Yeah, 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 and and I got to sure. admit, that thing, it hurt, bro. It had to. You know what I mean? And the hurt pushed me to making those irra- having that ir- those irrational thoughts uh-huh. until 2017 came. And this is what, when, I, when I made the decision to say I want a divorce, where I was like, you know what? I had to be honest with myself. Like, you know what? I don't like what happened in 2014. Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah, like yeah, what yeah, happened yeah. in 2015. Right. And honest with myself, then honest to God, like, God, I don't like it. And then I went to her and was like, you know what? I'm not doing this no more. I'm, I'm, I'm done. And it wasn't like anything was happening in 2017. It was just that I just, I was like, I'm not living for real. I'm like almost faking this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, I'm, I'm done. And she didn't want it to happen, obviously. You know what I mean? So 2017, I was like, I want, I'm, I'm, I want a divorce. And so 2018, we got divorced. Now, the thing is, 2018, the top of 2018, that's when God started dealing with me with the memory, mm-hmm. living with the memory. He said, Jamel, you never learned to live with the memory of what happened in 2014 and 2015. 
So for somebody watching this, that's what it was. The memory was still there. So in 20, 2015, 2016, triggers was happening. Mm. Things were being said. Like, man, we should be further along by now. Yeah, yeah, we should yeah. have this right now. And I'm like, in my head, I'm like, we just had that. You know, like, and so it would lead to heated arguments and, and memories being triggered. And so in 2018, as I began to study long-term and short-term memory, it was like, I never learned how to live with the memory. Because you think it's not, it's not going anywhere. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So those triggers were hitting me hard, bringing up memories and frustrations and uh -huh. leading to arguments. And I'm like, you know what? And he was like, you never learned to live with the memory. Did you go see a happened. therapist or anything? Yeah, it was interesting. 2018, the church I was at at that time, they launched a course called The Healer Being Healed because I was one of the leaders. And it was a 16-week course mm -hmm. about the healer being healed, meaning before we go out and heal, we have to be healed. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And so I became intrigued with it. It's, it's, it's amazing that... Outside of that course they offered, God was just dealing with me. Because yeah, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I never thought about memory mm -hmm. until really right after I said I wanted a divorce, boom. I was up late night studying long-term and short-term memory and the impact that it has on us. And so then it actually took me all the way back to my childhood. I was like, dang, you know what? I'm not okay with what my dad did. I'm not okay with what the police officers did. Because it's called living with the memory. Yeah, and it's, yeah, the, it's yeah, the first yeah. chapter in my second book. I actually added as a bonus chapter in my um, current book that I uh, rebranded. Mm -hmm. But none of it, we learned how to live with the memory. So I did everything that was supposed to be done. I forgave, you know, the church says pray about it, you know, uh, moral values, just love, just, you know, be generous. I was doing all of that, but it wasn't erasing my memory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that doesn't happen unless you develop like Alzheimer's or Parkinson's right, or something right, like right, that. Right, right, right. But Even most sometimes of the, that's the, it still comes back. Yeah. Bits and pieces of it. And nobody never showed us or showed me how do you live with the memory, living with the memory. How do you live with the memory of what somebody did or what you even did to yourself? Because then I took my eye off of her and started putting it on me. Like, yo, how do I don't even like what happened with all these other situations. But in terms of the marriage, I never learned how to live with the memory. So therefore, those triggers was eating me alive. Mm. And then, as I, and then when I finalized the divorce in 2018, um, I knew I was healthy because at first I thought I was ready. I thought yeah, I was, yeah, yeah, at first yeah. I thought I was better and I had to go to the old apartment and get something. And when I walked up the stairs and I put the key in the door, I just broke down. Dang. And I was like, oh, I'm not good. I'm like, man, I'm, 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 I, gotta, I, gotta, I gotta keep building. And so what happened is, what happened is as I learned to live with the memory, um, I said, well, how do I do this? And God was like, you got to partner your memory with healthy people. Not perfect people, healthy people. So it could be a therapist. It could be somebody that you can confide in. And he connected me with another man. And I began to share my memory. Yo, this is what happened in the marriage. This is what happened. This is how I feel. You know, because wise people or wise counselors, some people just want to hear about your pain so they can gossip about it. Right, right, right. You know, but this particular person was very wise. They handled me with love. And of course, going through the course. And what happened was this. As I partnered the memory, because the memory's not going nowhere, right. what happened mm -hmm. is the memory began to lose its strength. Right. So therefore, I can go. I was able to go to restaurants that we once went to, hear songs. It would trigger the memory. I would see it, but it wasn't strong enough to overwhelm me or mm. draw me into isolation. And that's what happens with a lot of us. We never learned how to live with the memory. So when the trigger hits, because triggers are going to hit. Facts. And then what happens is we mask it very well. Whether it's with um, beautiful clothes, you know, a great business or makeup or a great suit. And our famous three words is, I'm okay. Until those triggers hit. And that's what you see take place in society, whether it's entertainment, the political arena, you know, the person. Because here's what happens is now, everybody might not believe in this, this spiritual concept, but yeah. 
the enemy desires for that weight to become so weighty and that mask or that facade that you keep putting on to become so heavy that you get so weak that all he needs to do is just whisper to you, go ahead and kill yourself. Because now you're not strong enough. Just, you might as well just go ahead and kill yourself. You ain't got no... You ain't got enough power for that. Just take it. That's the, that's the best way out of this. Just kill yourself, man. And that's what you see taking place in media and, and the, the entertainment industry, the political industry. Oh, my God, I can't believe he jumped off the building. No, I can believe it right now. The memories pushed him off the building. I can't live with this no more. These white-collar workers, white-collar, blue-collar, entrepreneurs. So I don't mask it. So even in this moment right now, this is this is even therapeutic because it's transparency. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, and his thing, even as we're talking about it, it's triggering things, but it's not strong enough to overwhelm me. Mm. Because even in this moment right now, I'm partnering the memory with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. partnering the memory with those that are watching and listening. I ain't even think about it like that, but I'm part every time I talk about this, I'm partnering that memory so it loses strength. It's not his thing, wow. it's not going nowhere, yeah, yeah, yeah. but it's losing its strength to overpower me. I'm stronger than the memory now. And so even with my ex-wife, that's, that's my friend, her and her boyfriend. I see them, say what's up, hug her, say what's going on, see my daughter, give that to him, talk to him, having a conversation with them at the table. Do memories get triggered during those um, conversations? Yes, but it's, like it's, it does, it's not strong enough to have me stop in my conversation and go into isolation and withdraw and get quiet. It's just like, oh, boom, I saw it, I recognize it, oh, I'm stronger than that, all right, be going, all right, what are we talking about again? But that comes through partnering your memory. And most of us don't do that. Once again, especially men, we macho, we strong. Yeah, yeah, I got yeah, this, man. Yeah, yeah. I'm good. Nah, I ain't got to talk about this. This whole therapy, what should I say, wave? It ain't nothing new to me, bro. Mm -hmm. I've been heavily in that thing since 20, the end of 2017. Like, and this thing, here's the thing, I know it works. And even when people that work with me, I take them through that. Any couple that comes to me, they should do a memory meeting. Memory meeting. Memory meeting. I'm not, give us a, a little, I don't want to give away all your programs. Yeah. Give us a little insight into the memory meeting. A snippet of the memory meeting is, say you meet a woman, right? Mm -hmm. Y'all get together. Y'all both have memories. And, they both, and all those memories are not beautiful and wonderful. You may have some harsh, dark memories. And I'm not saying you just share all your stuff, yeah, yeah, but eventually yeah. you guys should have a memory meeting. Because let's just say now you're in the kitchen and she may say something and then you just leave out the kitchen and go sit on the balcony. And she like, Joe, what's up? And you like, and you, don't, you ain't even saying nothing. And, you, and she like, what's up with you? And you like, nothing, just leave me alone. She don't realize she just triggered Joe when he was 13. Mm. It don't got nothing to do with the older version of Joe right now. But this memory meaning, it's like, hey, here's something that I battle with, you know? Here's something that I had to overcome, or here's something that happened, you know what I mean? In terms of the woman that's in my life right now, I exposed and I was transparent with a lot of my stuff. Like, hey, this is what happened with my past relationship, you know? Of course, I overcame it, but if something triggers it and I end up going, you know what, babe? This is how I feel right now. Let me just, let me go have some quiet time. Yeah, yeah. At least we have an understanding of what's going on. So when that occurs, you had the meeting already and say something happens with your woman and you say something and it triggers something in her and she says, you know what, I just got to have a moment. You're like, and you might be like, oh, is it, is it that situation? She's like, yeah, it's just that right there. And you're like, okay, well, cool, I'll let you sit. Or do you want to talk about it? Yeah, can you talk about it with me? You see what I'm saying? Versus just pushing the person away because I'm clueless to what's going on with you. You never told me that you was, oh man, you know what I mean? You never, and I'm not, I'm not, 
Because no, no, I know you're. But this, this, you're helping me. She never. She never told. She never told me, or you never told her that I was. I was molested. If I never know that and you keep pushing away and drawing away and I don't know what's wrong with Joe. You got to tell me something. And most of the time we don't want to open up like that because those stories are dark. They're gruesome. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I'm not saying all of the stories you got to share with your partner. It may be with a therapist or somebody else. But some of those, you if you if you plan on doing long term life with this person or marrying this person. Yeah. No, it's respect. You got to tell them. You got to sit down and have this memory meeting. And maybe you may need somebody to facilitate it. And that's where I come into play or walk you through it. Like, hey, we got to have this conversation. I know it's going to be scary. I know it's going to hurt. Yeah, yeah. But hey, you know, every time I see a police officer, I get fidgety. I feel like I'm about to get shot. I feel like this is going to happen to me. I, I, it's, it's nothing you. It's, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I'm a, we close with this. I had a friend like that. He was like, yeah, he had the house. He got the car. He got all these things. And he, we were talking on the phone. He was like, man, I, he said, man, I smacked my girl the other day. I'm like, why? He was like, yo, she just said something foul, man, and all this, blah, blah, blah. And I was he got everything that you would depict as I'm okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The house, the car, the beautiful kids, the beautiful, the beautiful woman. But he said she says something. And he said, yo, what it did was it triggered when I was in a hole in prison. Mm. She sounded like one of the guards, and I just blanked out and turned around and slapped her. And that, and then I started talking to him about this memory meeting thing. But that goes to show right there, he got everything he need. He masked it very yeah, well. Very, yeah, yeah, yeah. But in that moment, she triggered the dude that was in the hole in prison 10 years ago. She didn't even know it. She didn't even know that. She knew he was in prison, but she didn't know how dark that hole was and what it did to him. He never said nothing. And I'm not, that doesn't justify yeah, him hitting yeah, her. Yeah, for sure, for sure. For but you know sure. what I'm saying? It could have it, it been avoided. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yo. This was great. I didn't know all this about you, man. Yeah. I knew what you did, but it's just, I don't think we ever got on that level. We just kind of like kept the surface, man. And I felt like I appreciate the vulnerability for sure. Man. Yeah. Um, and when the time comes for marriage, I believe if the, the one is right with it, I would love for you to be the counselor, man. Oh, no doubt, because, man. Because, man, just like that memory meeting, that piece hit me. Because I got a lot of memories that I can't let go of. Yeah. Because of my traumatic situations I've been through. Yeah. And it's like... That's the hardest thing for a man to do is to be vulnerable and give these memories away to another human being. Mm -hmm. You're supposed to be like you said, the whole macho man thing. I'm supposed to be the tough. I'm the lion of the household. I'm the you know I'm the head of this house. I gotta protect, so I can't be weak or vulnerable because my wife may look at me away, society may look at me away. But man, it's just and that's how we were raised. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah, know what I yeah. mean? At, at a young age, you 12 or 13, you fall off your bike, you run to tell mom or dad or whoever's your uh, parental, um, who's ever over you at that time. Mm -hmm. I just fell off my bike, my leg hurt. Go on in the back, you see we playing cards. Mm -hmm. hey, 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 this just happened to me at school. Go over there, go outside and play. We, um, we about to set up for Thanksgiving. You don't talk, we ain't talking about that at Thanksgiving. So you, you, you learn, you just you tuck learn. it away. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you become an adult, you just keep tucking it away. And then you get into a relationship and you've been tucking it away so long. And so then boom, that one thing, life triggers. And then people use this I'm tired of hearing this now. Oh, we just grew apart. No, it, it was a lot to do with a lot of psychological damage. I have one more question before we wrap up. Let's go. What, so, to the people who are getting divorced after 30 years, because when you said we just drifted apart, and I always wonder, like, how does 30, how do you drift away for 30 years? How 30 years? How do you drift away from 30 years? Mm -hmm. What is your perspective on that? This is the first chapter in my book called Val of Building Blocks Foundation. 
Do I believe people can grow apart? Yes, I do. Here, how here's how I believe that can how it can happen. You can have it where certain people are trying to develop themselves, mm -hmm. and the other party is not. So let's just say I decided I'm going to go deep into studying things that are making me better, you know, personal development. And then my partner's like, oh, I don't want nothing to do with that. I'm not trying to grow. You know, just they want to stay stagnant. Maybe they were into it, but now they're just kind of like, I'm just stagnant. I'm OK here. And then you begin to elevate in your thinking, you know, that can have people grow apart. Mm. I'm not saying that. And it could lead to divorce. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If one person is trying to better themselves and the other person is just OK with where they are, you know. Maybe they didn't start out that way. They probably started out as a powerhouse. And one person's like, yo, I'm just keep going. I'm going to another level. I'm going to another level. And that person's like, no, I don't want all of that. I don't want to grow that much. I just want to, I don't want to read no books. I don't want to go to no conference. I don't want that personal development. I don't want to worship. I don't want to do nothing. Then it's like, okay, the growth starts, the growing apart starts to take place. Yeah. And I think when, the, if you start to see that happening, then you should get counseling. Because some people just may avoid that and go, man, she don't want to grow. He don't want to grow. I'm just going to keep doing my thing. No, if you really love that person, then I think you should seek out some help. Now, if you seek out the help and you guys are constantly, you're constantly trying to do the things to make this relationship better. And this person is just adamant about not wanting to change. I'm not an advocate for divorce. Mm -hmm. But if a person doesn't want to change after a point in time, you just got to make a decision. Are you going to stay or are you going to leave that person? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not saying leave them. I'm just saying you need to make a decision because time is very valuable. And I had to make that decision in my marriage. You know what I mean? I was like, I didn't want to, but I remember having this moment. I said, the time I have left is more valuable than the time that I spent. Because I didn't want to leave. I was thinking about all the years that accumulated. But then I was like, you know what? The time I have left is more valuable than the time that I spent. Jamel. Joe. You are a very deep brother. Man. I appreciate the, the conversation. Appreciate That's you having me. It's not a podcast, it's a conversation. Man. Yeah. I, I like having really great conversations with people, and I like people who don't mind taking us through their journeys. And that's what you did, man. I feel like you so, you didn't tell, you told that story so well. As you were talking, I'm just sitting in my head, like imagining what Jamel was like throughout this time, and I appreciate it, man. So before we close up, let people know, you know where they can find you at, yeah. social, whatever you want to give, man. Tell the people, man. Yeah. Tell them about the, you know, the, Relationship, mechanic stuff, and everything. Man, you know, I actually never, I actually never shared this story, really? like, like not this length. I appreciate. Not even on my own podcast. You got the whole, <laughs> you got the whole yes. story. Yeah, I never yeah, like yeah. this. This is a story that people have been asking me to tell, and I, this is my first time telling the whole story. I just click a link and just share it to them. Like the whole story, yeah. So, man, I appreciate that. And and out of those wounds, I just always say this: like your wounds were in, my your wounds are intended to heal somebody else's. So I take the whole entire package of everything I experienced, from the streets to the relationships to the marriage. Now I can talk to people that are divorced, that people mostly castig um, or castigate or put in a little dark corner. Don't talk mm -hmm. to them. Leave them alone. They're yeah, damaged. Yeah, yeah. I could talk to them. You know what I mean? I could talk to people that's married. I could talk to people that's dating. Well-rounded. But Jamel Jackson, the relationship mechanic, I focus on preparing, evaluating, and giving you the tools you need to maintain healthy, healthy relationships. I always say, if you're thinking about these tools I'm talking about, we just talked about a lot of tools just now. And if you want to find me on social media, it's Jamel D. Jackson. That's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Jamel D. Jackson. Check out the Value Podcast. We out of here, man. Out of here. You heard it first. Peace. Peace.